Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 292 of Blade Radio, the show about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Shan, and joining me in the orange Sidewinder bar for this episode are our head of health and safety, uh, Ben, or Commander Aid Device. Greetings, Commanders! Uh, we have uh, on tech, we have uh, Commander Ventura. And we have some special guests this evening. Um, we have uh, our blow-up Dutch mer- merchant, uh, Mac Winston, and Hello. the inflatable CQC Meister of Commander Sonato. Hello. Good evening, guys. And uh, coming up first, because she has to go, we have the mistress of LaveCon, Karen. Hello. <laughs> How are you guys still doing? We're keeping safe and well. Well, I, I certainly are. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Not too bad. Okay, great. We'll just do uh, where we are in game, and uh, then we'll move on to, uh, to you, if that's okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, so if you want to see us in game, as usual, we are hanging out in open and at the Orange Sidewinder Bar in Beta. We're not, I'm not actually in the Orange Sidewinder bar. I'm at a. I'm in. I'm in orbital around Lave Star at the moment, with a variety of places to choose as a, as a destination. Oh yeah. Shall we make this interactive, or shall I pick a place? Uh, pick a place. Well, okay, well, well actually, 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 no. Why don't we let the watching, uh, the viewers, and the listeners? Okay. So f- first, for listeners to go and or audience, whatever. Uh, yeah. To someone who gets my attention, so I've got the options of going to Jink Arik Arikara, which is a very catchy name, obviously. Although it is done by Commander Miggles, so you know, friend of the show. I could go to Quantum One, which is by Commander is owned by Commander Jima. We could go to Name Invalid by Commander <laughs> Lego Addictus, and then uh, there's somebody here who's trying a little bit too hard here. Uh, which is Ben Colin Please Land by someone called Commander Shaneri. And then I have to admit, this is this is the one I'm very tempted by. Free Herpes, which is owned by Commander K Nig. So yeah, give me a destination and I'll I'll head over in that direction. So while I think uh, while people decide, um Karen, do you want to um update us on the happenings uh, regarding LaveCon this year? We've sadly had to had to cancel LaveCon 2020. Um, we are making plans for LaveCon 2021, which will be the first weekend of July next year. And I was saying that the part of the reason it's taken us so long to kind of come to the conclusion, which I appreciate some people had concluded a little while ago, is that we looked at the option of postponing it later in the year and decided for a variety of logistic reasons that, A, obviously we don't know when we're getting out of lockdown and what impact that's going to have or even when we do get out of lockdown on everybody's life not needless to say you know um so we've decided that it is is going to be simpler and clearer if we cancel at this point and um as i said make plans for next year as I said, the hotel have been brilliant we had a, a contract for a rather large amount of money with them that we have every year um and they've been really kind and let us out of the contract for this year and allowed us to roll it over to to next year, um, which has been brilliant of them. So I can't say enough nice things about the Sedgwick and how they've handled this whole whole issue. They've been 
been fantastic. Yeah, are the Sedgebrook even open for guests at the moment? Just asking out of nosiness, basically. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think hotels generally are open. Certainly, bars and restaurants have to be closed. Yeah. Even that puts a kibosh on a, a hotel, particularly one that's relatively in the middle of nowhere. Um, so yeah, they've they've got a, a skeleton staff of sort of events team and what have you that are still working. Um, you need to obviously deal with inquiries like our own. Um, and as I said, they've they've been really good at you know sort of working through it with us because obviously none of us know where we're going to be in July or later in the year or or anything. So we've all yeah, been just who knows anything at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been an interesting situation. But as I said, they've been brilliant, which is is great. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're making plans for next year. We've got a couple of options for maybe doing something online. We don't know what that looks like yet. Perhaps if people get in touch and tell us um, if they're up for something online, if that's if that's something people are interested in. Um, we're also looking at because obviously normally with the VIP. Uh, platinum tickets we do a sort of bunch of merchandise and i know a lot of people quite enjoy sort of collecting the t-shirts and the different merchandise from each year and we would obviously hate to have a, a gap in somebody's precious collection so there is a possibility that we will only if it's corona themed corona yeah COVID themed. <laughs> oh wow we'll see what we we'll can i don't know Late in the stars corona yeah yeah, yeah um... no, a mask and a pack of tissues and some hand sanitizer <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so we have the possibility if people, if enough people are interested, we can do a pack of, uh, you know, like we would normally do the VIP goodies with a T-shirt and those kind of things as a bit of a, you know, the LaveCon that didn't happen. Um, so that's a possibility, but only if people are up for that. Obviously, if people have booked and paid for tickets, um, we will be doing a, a full refund for people, um, you know, uh, you know, so that will go straight back to the account that it came from. Um, so we will be in the next sort of few weeks going through and sorting that out. But if we are doing a merchandise thing, we'll perhaps put that together first so that people can say, yes, I want it. And we can take that out of their payment and then refund the rest or something like that. Um, but it's literally, we, we finalised it with the hotel today. So this is kind of hot off the press, as it were. So we haven't got all the kind of details in place and that we'd perhaps like to, but we thought we wanted to give you the, the heads up really as soon as possible. Yeah, thanks, Karen. I, I guess on the merchandise, you should have um, Lavecon-themed toilet paper with the flames on it for when you had a particularly spicy curry. <laughs> yeah, totally good. <laughs> But yeah, that's um, that's completely understandable, Karen. Um, so you you'll let people know if there is a plan B a bit later on in the year once we've kind of once you kind of got your head around what's possible and doable and things like that. Yeah, and we'll be sending out emails to everybody who's booked to let them let them know because I appreciate. Obviously, everybody lives, listens to Live Radio, but I'm sure one or two people might have missed it. Um, so yeah, we will be emailing everybody, and of course, posting on the usual um, Discord, Facebook, um, Twitter, etc., um, to keep people keep people in the loop, both with this announcement and obviously going forward, what what we can do or can't do. So with the bookings, you know, you said they'll be very refunded to the account they came from, which is fantastic. Are you going to be offering people the ability to, like, carry their booking over? If people say, well, actually, keep hold of the money, keep hold of my reservation, and apply it for next year, or is that something you haven't worked through yet, or is that indeed something you can't do for contractual reasons? 
Um, potentially it is something we can do. We need to have a look at that because obviously tickets do quite go quite quickly. But on the other hand, in many ways, it's lovely to reward those who, you know, had faith in us despite everything, um, you know, going forward. So, yeah, it's, it's an option. We need to have a look at that and work out the complexities of that. Because on one hand, you know, great that that gives us you know some confidence again for next year but of course you know what we don't want to do is penalize those who actually really need the money back because you know now's a difficult time perhaps to be be paying out for something that's not going to happen for over a year um so yeah so we're going to sort of weigh up the pros and cons of that and see where we're at um but again we'll we'll make that decision later and and let people know okay thank you karen has Anyone got uh, anything else to ask Karen? Um... No, I mean, I think it makes it makes perfect sense. Um, it's a shame, but it's understandable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, so if people could have a think about whether they'd like a virtual LaveCon, would that work? I don't know. I mean, obviously, it'd be quite different from, you know, our, our usual... Um, things and get together obviously the social element of LaveCon is such a big part because that was one of the questions that the hotel asked is well could you do it with social distancing and we're like well not really no I hope we had to put two meters in between every pc in the land room and two meters between every person in the main room what would you have about five people in the main room or something like that and one person at the bar exactly you know so from that point of view it, it you know, the, the social aspect of Lavecon is, you know, the people who come along, the attendees, the the lovely, wonderful people that we meet every year. You know, that that for me is what, what makes Lavecon. And I think that's why people want to be there and come back every mm-hmm. year. So, you know, I, I suppose it goes back to the community of do you want a virtual meetup so that we can at least, you know, have a virtual gin in the bar? Um, or, you know, is, is it that just no different from say you know the other community activities that Any go other weekends. exactly exactly so yeah if people let us know what they're up for and as i said in the idea of you know whether they'd be interested in merchandise or not and they can get some things looked at or priced up or what have you um and we can take it from there but yeah so messages via the usual channels do drop us emails twitters facebook's instagram whatever works <laughs> yeah we'll put the links up in the show notes um, to make it easier. Um, one thing I do want to say, um, Karen, is I, I, I know I'm not alone here, but I just want to thank you for the amount of effort and work that you put in to making LaveCon happen. And even though it's not happening this year, you put an awful lot of work in. You've gone, as far as I can, I can see, above and beyond. Um, so I just want to say thank you for the hard work that you put in this year. Uh-huh. That, that's very kind of you. As I said, for us, you know, the thanks are in, in the wonderful community and, you know, how, how lovely it is to see everybody get together and have wonderful things. So obviously, we're going to miss you all this year, um, you know, but we'll, we'll look forward to next year, definitely. Yeah, indeed. And, yeah, we'll, 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 work, we'll work something out and let people know close to the time, I guess. As the Queen said, we'll meet again. <laughs> <laughs> don't know where, don't know when. Quite. <laughs> well, we know where and when for LaveCon 2021, don't we? Well, yeah. indeed. Well, yeah. I put it in your diaries now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying they wouldn't, you know, like our overseas guests, even if we did have something, the chances of actually being able to travel from America or Poland or the Netherlands and things like that yeah, and that's might the be awkward. 
Yeah, even even if we did it later in the year, you know, that might still exclude people. Yeah. If you know, and people who you know are more vulnerable in terms of their health, if they're having to to shield, you know, if we if we're still in yeah. a thing where this virus is still about, I mean, they're talking about a long time for you know potential um, immunizations, what have you. So you know, yeah. So we're very aware that even if we sort of went ahead with a small part of the community, actually, there might well be a a larger part of the community would be excluding. And, you know, that would be a real shame. That's very much not what LabeCon's about. Mm-hmm. Um, Commander Lennon just commented, Karen, that he, he'd, he'd, he'd love to spend two weeks in quarantine to attend the two day convention. So I think he's just kind of angling more <laughs> time off work. I <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good plan. If we could just get everybody to, like, you know, stock up, stay in the house and not go anywhere for two weeks, and then we can all get together, right? <laughs> Disease-free. <laughs> that sounds totally worth it, if you ask me. <laughs> Brilliant. So, thank you very much for Karen. I, I, I assume you'll be posting something up on the official forum and Reddit and... Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll, well. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be posting up all over the place, and um, if I miss anywhere, I'm sure other people will relay it, but um, yeah, no, that'd be great. Okay, thank you very much, Karen. You're welcome to stay in and listen, and that, or you can, uh, you have our permission to unlock <laughs> to get on with your life. I will leave you guys to it if that's all right. I shall go cuddle a cat. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Does that's... the cat want to be cuddled? Well, I'll Probably find not. that out. If I come back with claw marks down my face, the answer is no. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Karen. And uh, we'll talk later, no doubt. No worries. Take care. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It, it was nice to actually get some clarity because I know people have been asking, not just yeah. me, but also be wondering myself, is it, isn't it? Do I need to keep the weekend in July free? Do I need to keep the weekend later on the year free? So it, it's, it's, it's good to have some um, confirmation there, I think. Yes, it is. So, what have we been up to this week? Um, let's start in um, guest order, I think, because we always tend to leave them to the last. And since it's been a coup and I'm hosting this week, um, <laughs> we'll go the other way out. So, uh, Commander Sonato, how have you been doing today? Oh, hey. Uh, well, uh, as uh, I already mentioned in the... In, in, uh, oh. First of all, uh, hi everyone. <laughs> Good evening. Um, so, in the latest uh, uh, weeks, I've been actually trying the latest uh, betas. Although I've been uh, alternating, you know, uh, elite dangerous with some other, uh, you know, just. <laughs> my, you know, uh, actual life, <laughs> you know, uh, I've been alternating elite dangerous with some uh, um, work and job and other stuff you know <laughs> uh, but uh, i i definitely had time to uh try the the latest betas definitely and the latest carrier uh, and the and the carriers uh, themselves of course so i've been also mining as always you know <laughs> because uh, these uh, carriers are actually expensive, but we'll talk about them, <laughs> I guess. And, yep. uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I've been mostly mining and collecting money so I could 
uh, get uh, uh, a fully uh, fit career. So I can I could definitely uh, have uh, an actual idea uh, of uh, what it does, of how it works, of why it's needed, and so on. So I've been making money. <laughs> Excellent, um, Mac. Hello. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Guess what I've been doing? I've been mining too. Um, yeah, I haven't downloaded the beta yet. That or I'll probably leave my computer on tonight to do that. Um, but yeah, I've. Uh, it's somewhat painful as an East India Company member to say this, but I'm not actually rich enough just yet to afford a carrier. So I, I've been out. I've been out mining as well. Um, and actually, it's good. I find it quite relaxing, you know, sitting there in the, uh, the rings of Boran with a podcast and, and what have you. And yeah, I did, we, I think we talked about last week, there was, um, the BBC Sounds have had a Tunnel 29. I finished that. That was excellent. Um, and also the games that, ch- I listened to a couple of the games that changed my life, including the Elite one, um, with the story of Michael, which was, which was really they're, 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 those are very good. Um, they were all of them are well worth listening to. All those game that changed my life episodes. So I've been doing that. My alt account, um, actually, which I'm on right now, uh, doing the Eastern Promise expedition, and we're on our biggest, probably our biggest um, gap between waypoints. It's it was about two hundred and something odd jumps in. Uh, in my dolphin, and we just happened to be crossing the route of uh, the Minerva Centaurus expedition, which was um, a couple of years ago now, but well, about two and a half years ago. And I was looking to see, and I noticed the on. I was actually going to cross very near the first place I ever ever found a geosite. Now this was before you had the uh, you know the the scanning probe, so you had to kind of fly low over the surface in supercruise glide to try and find them. Um, so I'm going to try and revisit my first ever geosite find. I've got the, uh, the system, uh, queued up. It's dry, dry, a prue CDH D11 106. So I'm hoping both my main and alt account will have one will have first discovered and one will have first mapped on that. So that'll be quite nice. But yeah, it's it's been a been a been a fun week for gaming. Uh, we had, of course, we had, we had really good weather here over the week. Well, Friday and Saturday, it was actually warm, so I did a bit of out, time outside as well. Um, so I couldn't really, I couldn't really sit indoors with the rift on with because uh, we we don't get we don't get a lot of we we live in a in a part of the world that's nicknamed by the Met Office the except the North and West. Uh, you know, it says. Oh, the whole the whole of the British Isles will be basking in sunshine, except the north and west, where it'll be gale force winds, horizontal rain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we've actually had the opposite for a change. So, yeah, that's been my that's been my week, and it's yeah been been a good one. Excellent. It's a bit ironic, isn't it, that uh, you have all this lovely weather and we're told to stay indoors and look at it. So. Yeah, yeah. Actually, over <laughs> hopefully that will be changed. Actually, over here, they a couple of weeks ago they said you can now sp- uh, just just to clarify. Over here is the Isle of Man, so we we we're not part of the UK, um, and we don't have that. We've been like zero and one cases per day for a while now. So they they actually um, said we're still quite locked down, but we can spend as much time as we like outside, and we don't have to. We can drive without and having an excuse to drive. 
So uh, not that, not, but but we do have an island-wide forty mile an hour speed limit at the moment. But not that I've I don't think I've used the car for about four weeks now. I, I, I was I was going to say if it was uh, if no one was out, it would be ideal time to do the uh, Isle of Man TT circuit, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, that that'd be a. That, I, I'm sure people have been doing it. I mean, I've been I've been out every day on my bike. Um, I've done. That's yeah. I've, uh, every it's basically since the middle of March, I have been out every single day. Um, I just got a new bike, so I've been been riding it. Like I, I, I bought it to commute on, but I haven't had a commute, so I've just had to. I'm working from home, so I I do like a fake commute in the evening. Um, so I've been racking up the miles that way. But yeah, we've we had good weather for it and less traffic. It's it's been pretty nice to be honest. So, um. But yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm really missing the pub. <laughs> so. so Ben, what are you been up to this week? In game, I've mostly been doing mission running kind of things. Um, but I've also been I had a right nightmare playing um, Minecraft Bedrock Edition. I think it is with my youngest son, who's been. He, he was moaning that I've been playing Call of Duty with my oldest son. Why can't I play Minecraft with him? And the reason why I can't main, play Minecraft with him is because playing Minecraft with somebody who has Minecraft on a PS4, a Switch, and his iPad is a complete not a ball ache. Uh, theoretically, they're all the Bedrock Edition, and they should all play fine. But then if you want to play with somebody on the PS4, you need a PlayStation 4 Pass, which he doesn't have because he just plays offline games. If you want to play with somebody on the Nintendo Switch, you need the equivalent Nintendo Switch, please let me play with my friends thing. And so we eventually got it working with his tablet, but yeah, understandably and rightfully so, he'd rather play on anything but his tablet because they've got a far better control scheme than using the tablet controls and things like that. But it is what it is. Um, um, what is the Bedrock Edition? Sorry, I, sorry, I'm sorry, only aware okay, of so, Naked Minecraft. Okay, Naked Minecraft was originally written in Java, as you probably are aware, Shan. Um, and that edition is available for PC, Mac, Linux, and things like that. Um, anywhere that you can basically run Java. And it's, it's fine, and it's has all this modding and it's all that, all that funky good stuff. Then Microsoft went and brought Mojang over, uh, and they improved it in inverted commas with cross-platform things, made it for consoles, uh, made it for tablets, and it was essentially the... You remember the Pocket Edition of Minecraft? I do, vaguely, yes. Um, so they've basically taken the Pocket Edition of Minecraft and made that into a cross-platform global binary, but it is completely and utterly incompatible with the Java edition of Minecraft. You know, the two just never can meet at all. Um, and it's got, hey, we're Microsoft, we, we, we're doing my, the Minecraft store. If you want skins, give us some money. If you want different theme packs for your world, so you've got different um, texture packs for your world, give us some money and all that stuff. All right, so you can't actually mod it at all, then? You can, but you're not meant to. You know, it's like, you know, you're not, yeah, it's, it's a big no-no, unofficially modding it. Uh, but the benefit of it is 
you basically you log into your Microsoft account, and in theory, a PlayStation can play with an Xbox, can play with a PC, can play with a tablet, can play with a Switch. But in practice, you've got all these other things to do as well. Okay. Um, so, so is it is it like pure creative mode, or is it? No, uh, it's the, you've got the or? usual options that of. I mean, they they try to keep them fairly feature in sync, but there are differences. Though I don't know, I don't know the game well enough to know what they are these days. Um, I mostly see it as, you know, you instead of wanting a Princess Leia in a bikini skin and just downloading it for free, I have to go off and pay Microsoft ten quid. All right. Um, or instead of actually wanting, you know, all these fun mods that go off and allow you to run, um, oh god, what was some of the good ones I had? Like the to go off and run nuclear servers on your Xbox or on your in Minecraft instead of just downloading the the patch and patching it into Minecraft. You can sort of do it, but again, it's a, it's you, it's all through the Microsoft Store. So the authors get paid, and Microsoft takes a big chunk of it. Um, so okay, that's interesting. Yeah, there's there's good things and bad things. Um, other things I've been up to. Um, so I know we've I've been listening to the Cosmos audiobook, which is some things have dated, but most of it is still so relevant. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's just it's quite cute hearing uh, Lavar Burton reading Carl Sagan's words saying, you know, we, we don't know what's at the other end of a black hole. For all we know, it might be a white hole. Whereas now we know, actually, no, there's no such thing as a white hole. Uh, black holes are just, uh, they're an event horizon. And, you know, you go near one, you're a dead man. It ain't going to turn it, it's not a wormhole and all that, all that stuff. Although yeah, it would I, take you theoretically a long time to die because oh, you get take, the time dilation effects as you, oh, you approach the event horizon. From your perspective, it would take me yes. a long time to die. From my perspective, I'd be like, okay, this is going to be Oh, shit, I'm dead. But yes, it, it would be... But I mean, so much of it is, is also remains to be right. But it's like, you know, back when it was written in the late 70s, early 80s, they still hadn't fully locked down why the, the dinosaurs were extinct and, and things like that. Black holes were a thing, but only just. Um, but then there's all, you know, so much is also remarkably re relevant. And it's read beautifully by Laval Barton, which is awesome as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I was thinking about my time playing Minecraft for a couple of years. I, I had an ongoing war with my children in oh, God, Minecraft. Yeah. Why does this not surprise uh, me? Uh, it, it was brilliant because I, I, I learned how to make traps in Minecraft where I, I feel like my, for my youngest um, son, mm -hmm. I put a little sign up that said, please don't tread here. And he'd then find it. And of course, he'd see this, oh, why not? And he'd like stand on this <laughs> grass and then drop into a lava pit and all the Yes, yeah. and, the, and, the, and the eldest son was a bit harder to kill because he was a bit wise to it. So I, uh, I think you ran Techit mod, I think it was, and they had um, yeah. all these uh, like sentry guns and stuff like that. So again, I'd make some sort of enticing treasure trove, and he would walk in and get shot to it. So yes, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, my youngest son um, decided I'm going to go off and dig up Daddy's bed and place a secret room underneath it. 
So I was like, it was getting dark, and I was like, what are you doing in my room? And it's like, oh, you're not meant to be here at the moment, Daddy. And I was like, okay, just put the bed back where you find it. Why are you making a large dark pit below there? But we will see that. I obviously I had to lo- log off. Where my son was making. He's he's been doing. Well, he's just playing around basically. Uh, but I had to log off uh, so I could come and do this. I do kind of miss those days when I could blow my children up in games comparatively easily. They've gotten mm. far too competitive and good at it now. So yeah. So as for me, um, what I've been doing working mostly. Um, boring mundane adult stuff such as sorting finances out, um, juggling money around, planning to do all sorts of projects on the go. Um, lockdown is very bad for the bank balance, actually, because we've found that uh, all the online ordering we've done has like pushed our spending right up, because normally you could just like pop into Sainsbury's and you'd buy a bottle of milk and that's it. But now you have to kind of order online, and to make it worthwhile, you have to spend a certain amount. So we've got just got tons of stuff we'll never end up eating before they go off, I think. So, yeah. Uh, in-game, well, I've got myself a fleet carrier. been doing some math with fleet carriers and things, so we'll come on to that later. Uh, what else has been going on? Um, I did try a little bit of mining earlier just to see how entertaining it was. Um, so I had about 10 minutes of it being entertaining, um, and then, a lot, then I did something else. So there we go. So have I missed anyone out this week? I don't think so, but uh, you never know. I, th- I think we're good, Sean. Okay, I wasn't sure whether Ventura wanted to say hello. 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 <laughs> Do you want to say anything more than hello, or are you good? No, I'm good. Thanks very much, though. You're good. That's, that, that's great. So uh, let's move on to some development news. Um, so what have the devs dead said this week? So. Ben, do you want to talk us through some of the changes and stuff that's that's happened? Yeah, so we're obviously we're in the well, I guess we're in the second day of beta two now, um, and yeah, as ever, we you go off and download it in the usual way for the PC and Xbox and PlayStation Four commanders can get it by. I believe if you 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 could request a code which would give you access to the beta or something like that. I think it was. Um, I did only quickly skim that stuff because it, it didn't really affect me. Um, but it basically ups you into the beta, beta of the for the consoles. Um, so I think the the main thing there's they've done a lot of stuff that people were asking for though with this change. Uh, so for example, we know that cost of uh, additional services has been reduced by eighty eighty to ninety percent. Uh, core running costs have been reduced. Debt, the debt threshold means you can now go into debt for 10 weeks instead of four weeks. Not quite sure that's oh, a good joy. thing or not. I was going to say, oh, joy. Actually, it sounds like the country, yeah. doesn't it? You've just gone into debt for longer. Yeah. Um, but it'll also take you, be harder for you to get into debt as well. I guess that's the good thing. Um, I think, you know, uh, the cost, the time jump has gone down. Um, cost of running things has is, is gone down. Adding in universal cartographics is the is the big one that a lot of people were asking for. That's that's in there now. Um, and I think the, the big thing for me is that fleet carriers can actually be fleet carriers. Um, so you can you know when you actually buy your fleet carrier, 
instead of having to go off and install the the shipyard if you want to actually have a fleet carrier, or instead of having to install the outfitting if you want your module storage, you actually get that built in for free. And then if you want your friends to do it, that's when you have to go off and buy the shipyard or, or outfitting. Um, so I'm, I'm personally quite happy about that one. Well, it did seem kind of crazy talk. Yeah, that's right, because the, the built-in shipyard does only apply to the owner of the carrier. Yeah. If they want anyone else to join, you have to spend the money to upgrade your your docking bait or garage or wherever. Yeah. Um, I think the next big thing that they've gone off and done is, you know, we're not getting the ability to mothball your fleet carrier, but... It sounds like, and this is something you can maybe you might have tested. I don't know, Shan, but from what I understand, if I if you were to go off and sell your fleet carrier now, you would get your full money back for it. Yes. Yeah, I haven't tried this yet, but there was a distance um, factor. Okay. Okay. So what, the, the further away from from a decommissioning station, the that makes sense. That makes sense to me. So, the, the you, you, so, you were... so you'd fly to Leasty, decommission, and you'd get basically all your money back. Um, and yeah, I can live with that. I think it seemed quite harsh if I was to voluntarily decommission my fleet carrier. Um, even if I did it in a system, after a couple of months, then I'd basically, well, you got 500 million back for it or something. Yeah, it was a... That's a lot of money you lose. Value. It's like a new car, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but because they don't have the option to go off and put your new car in the garage and take the MOT off it, uh, not, uh, MOT, yeah, the MOT and you know, driving tax and things like that, road tax, you, know, you don't have that as an option. So giving us all our money back seems nicer than, well, you don't want your fleet carrier, but hey, you've lost all your money, so it's tough to be you. I'm just yeah. looking through. Yeah, I'm just looking through this. Out. I got some math, by the way. Um, All right. Okay. Regarding the costs of the modules for the fleet carrier, both purchase and uh, upkeep. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I, so basically, we all know the basic fleet carrier costs five billion credits, um, with a cost of ten million a week. And again, we'll know the true costs of these on Thursday after the after the reset. So. Um, these should be correct, but we'll find out on Thursday. Um, the refueling part, you know, that allows you to refuel your ships. That's 40 million with a 1.5 million a week cost. Uh, the repair uh, was 50 million uh, with a 1.5 million uh, a week cost. The armory, which I, I can, I sort of, that's assuming uh, that allows you to store your modules and buy. Weapons and stuff like that. It's 95 million um, purchase with 1.5 million a week uh, total. The redemption uh, office, that's where you can um, redeem your uh, combat bonds and uh, bounties and things like that. That's 150 million. And that cost is 1.85 million a, a week. Uh, the shipyard, which we discussed earlier, is 250 million. Uh, with 6.5 million a week cost. Uh, outfitting, uh, again, 250 million with a 5 million a week cost. Uh, secure 
storage, that's your black market and things like that. That's 165 million with a 2 million a week cost. Uh, the new one is Universal Cards of Graphics, uh, which is 150 million with a 1.85 million per week upkeep, which gives us a total, if you want, everything, every module in the carrier and your carrier comes to 6.1 billion credits. And the and 6.1 billion credits a week. Uh, total as purchase price. Okay, yeah. And a weekly uh, upkeep fee of 31.7 million with an annual cost, seasonally adjusted, of 1.648 billion credits. So in your budgeting, I think if you budget your carrier, if you budget 10 billion, for the credit for the carrier, you can easily afford all the items and a year of its worth of upkeep. Uh, just, uh, just a thing. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, I would like to make a correction because you mentioned the repair crews. Uh, the rep I think uh, actually the re the repair crews is only needed for restocking and. Yeah, basically repairs and restocking, but uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with the with the ship storage and module storage. It's just uh, um, the repair and restocking. Correct. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was I was yeah. reading through yeah. that one. Uh, Thank you. Correct. Yeah, yeah. If you want, if you just, if you are just interested in uh, modules, uh, storage, and ship storage, you don't have to buy that module. Yeah. yeah, one thing I haven't tried yet, and I don't know if it's in yet, is uh, there was some comments and feedback last time around about how if you wanted to sell ships or modules, you couldn't just say, right, I'll only stock size 7 thrusters. You had to, if you like, stock all the thrusters of that type to get them. Have they changed that, or is that still the case? Uh, it's a bit, uh, I'm, I'm still trying to understand how this works because, uh, uh apparently, so, so here, here is uh, what I figured, I figured. So the, as we all know, uh, the carrier itself got its own storage, which is 25,000 units. Um, in that storage, uh, everything gets Stored. So uh, the reserve space for the for all of the services uh, uh, share the same uh, twenty five thousand units of storage. Uh, so whenever you buy uh, uh, restocks for the services, you are gonna use that kind of storage. But here's uh, what they figure out. So if you are actually store, uh, if you actually aim to store uh, your ships, store your own modules, uh, that storage will have nothing to do with the actual 25,000 uh, units because uh, in that case, you're going to use your uh, account bound inventory uh, storage, which is uh, always uh, 120 units uh, for the modules and uh, 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 40 units for the ships. So you can store 40 ships uh, uh, in your own carrier and uh, 120 modules. And this storage, this specific kind of storage, uh, is not going to have 
anything to do with the 25,000 units. That's what I've been able to figure out. Okay, that, that that's interesting. Yeah, what I was thinking about was if you want, if you thought, well, I want to use my carrier to um, buy and allow people to sell ships and buy modules and things like that from you, you always had to like buy everything of that type. You couldn't just stock one item. Um, so I do need to check that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what all I can say, all I, all I saw, all I noticed is that you can't really, um, you can't see. I mean, every um, uh, account bound inventory is strictly account bound. So if uh, someone uh, buys, uh, um, let's say someone buys a specific module from your uh from your uh, uh carrier okay uh, that module gets taken from the ship uh, from the carrier storage from those uh, famous 25000 units and uh, that module gets transferred to uh, the player's personal inventory so the moment uh, um you buy that module from my carrier uh, my carrier's uh, um uh, space get uh, 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 of course uh, uh, gets uh, my my carriers gets more space because uh, it sells uh, uh, that module to you. Uh, in that in that case, uh, that module goes from the sh uh, the carriers uh, uh, twenty five thousand uh, inventory to your personal inventory and from that moment it doesn't take any space anymore on that on that carrier that's that that's what i've been able to figure out at least okay so how because uh, there was an exploit in the first beta um that allowed you to buy and sell modules at a profit so basically if you just kept buying a module and selling it you could generate money ad infinitum I'm not going to go in how they did it, but I'm just wondering if anyone's had a chance to test uh, if that still works. I I don't uh, I never really noticed that uh, uh, module. I've, I've sorry <laughs> lapses uh, that kind of exploit. I noticed uh, another kind of uh, another kind of exploit that has more uh, that is more related to um, uh, the commodity market actually. But uh, I mean, I can actually try right now. So I could buy, let's say, uh, life support right now, store and sell. So, uh, so seems like uh, I cannot sell it. Yeah, seems like uh, you can't sell uh, stuff uh, when you buy from the carrier. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so you can you can sell uh, you can you can only buy you can only buy. Yeah, seems okay, like so. That's interesting. No, wait, wait, wait. Actually, uh, if you so so here's the thing. If you Go to the stored module page. Apparently, you can sell uh, stuff from there. Apparently, you can. Uh, okay, I, well, I, we should I, do I, more I, testing I on yeah. this, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 ben. yeah totally. Uh, ben, when did you, uh, you had uh, to talk? Yeah, sorry, I'm just witnessing a fleet carrier arriving just now. Um, and that's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to look at. But yeah, I've I've heard rumors, and I don't know if you guys are can confirm or deny this, but I've heard things about 
your fleet carrier's jump range being affected by the mass of your fleet carrier. Do you know anything about that? Or is that just something that I heard and thought, well, that actually makes sense. The, the more stuff you have in your ship, the higher it outweighs, the, the, less, the, the less far it can go. Uh, and that also is affected, obviously, by uh, fuel coming out of your fuel tank, too. I haven't directly seen that then, but it sounds logical. Yeah. So quickly moving on to um, to Mac. Um, does EIC have a plan for the carriers when they're launched, or are you, you looking for a, a purpose for them? Yeah, well, we have lots of <clears throat> we have lots of plans for them. I mean, the trading post one uh, there there because there are some things there are certain things that it'll make a little bit I think a little bit easier for us. Um, the non-rare engineer unlocks which we currently store um, things like modular terminals, uh, which is for Marco Quent. And uh, what's the other thing? A bromelite. I can't remember who the bromelite's for, but you have to you have to go mine like fifty tons of bromelite or something for someone, and I don't remember who that's for. But th- those kind of things um, that we can stock them in a carrier, and then directly we can directly sell them. That makes that makes life a lot a lot easier for those because they're also you also need a lot of them. So um, that'll make it a bit easier for those uh, those kind of commodities because we no longer have to do the fiddling around with limpets and all that kind of stuff you know getting a whale out and then dropping a load of cargo you know finding a finding a quiet spot dropping a load of cargo have the customers to collect them all with limpets and everything we can just direct them to a fleet carrier um the the rares on the other hand it doesn't really it helps a little bit um the owner i i haven't tried it yet but i believe the owner of a carrier can store that they can't sell them but they can store their own rares so we can basically use them as very big whales so uh, one of the trading post whale owners can now use this as like as a super whale uh Fill it with fill it with whatever rare they store and then uh when when we get a customer pull out pull it out into one of their ships, fly off and do the usual thing with limpets, um, like what we do now. Um, the other thing, and, I, and I'm sure tons of groups are thinking about this, is just general BGS support. Um, that's probably, that I suspect will be what I'll be using mine for mostly. Um, you About half the time when we expand, we expand into a system with only medium pads. And of course, everybody wants to bring their large pad ship to to play on the CZs and all that kind of stuff. So that's a way of bringing effectively bringing a nice station with large pads uh, with because the, the other drawback of the outpost is they all seem to have either repair or restock, but not both at the same time. There's only a few that seem to have both at the same time. So, but of course we can equip a carrier with both repair and re, uh, restock. So we just park it wherever all the conflict zones are, uh, park it around that planet, and then you've got a nice convenient platform to go and rearm, reload, uh, etc. So uh, general BGS support, that would be useful. Uh, uh, and of course, you can you can carry a whole... F- it's a fleet carrier now, properly. Now it's got the... Uh, now they've changed it so at least the owner can bring their stuff. Um, when, you're, when you're working on these 
systems, it's just a bit easy because you, you can quite often get the there you know like some of these small systems where um, they have only they, they don't have a sh- there's no shipyard and you want a couple of different ships running different types of missions so you can launch off your fleet carrier. Go go to the platform, take the missions, come back to your fleet carrier, then take whatever ship it is you really want to use for for that for that particular mission. You know, like if it's a combat mission, you might want to you might want to switch to your um your crate mark two with uh, prismatic shields and all that to, to be you know to to do something like solo one the uh, wing assassinations. Or if it turns you know, if it's a trading mission you want to do, then you might want to switch into a python or something like that. Um, so I think it'll be quite it'll be quite nice to have that to support uh, BGS ops. It'll take it'll take some of the the it'll take a lot of the pain out of uh, some of the, some of the uh, small systems with with just um, where you've just got uh, the the medium pads and often services you need not actually being there actually funny enough we we do have what we have one system with uh, with a full fully blown um oscillus i think it is um port which doesn't have a shipyard which is really annoying you get there it's you, you think oh not a problem i'll just fly there in my taxi and i'll just summon whatever ships i need and you get there and there's no shipyard uh it's it's i can't remember which system is off the top of my head but it's just got a single it's got a single large pad starport and with no shipyard it's it's really annoying uh bu741 actually i think it is so yeah i mean we got plenty of uses for them and it'll be quite quite handy for the um for the trading post you just wish we could stock it we could actually just directly sell the rares because that would that would save a lot of effort, really. But at least, at least we can. At least the the the, car- the carrier owner can store their own rare, so uh, they can be used as super whales, um, which will be which will be handy. Yeah, we just had a update from Miggles in chat. Um, he said, uh, "I've just loaded some Hutton mugs on um, his carrier, uh, so you can definitely store rares. You just can't buy and sell." Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I understand it. So, out, out of the changes, which ones uh, jump out to you that have actually been a game changer in terms of how you'll use carriers, or even if you'll get one or not? So, out, out of the changes, which ones sort of think that was a really good move, or and are there any you think, well, it was all right, but I'm not really sure about it. Well. Uh, the, the the well the 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 running cost is probably the the one everybody's going to come up with because the, the in the first beta it was just it was just uh, yeah that's that's t- you're going to have to basically dedicate your life to mining to keep that thing going um but now for a, for like a, a carrier you if you if I got a carrier to say support the BGS the running cost can actually be made by doing BGS work which seems reasonable to me. Um, other changes, yeah. The universal cast graphics is nice because that's it's another thing I want to do with it is actually bring one along as a exploration support kind of thing for some some future expedition. So having uh, cast graphics is is a is a nice thing there. Um, and and of course having it being an actual fleet carrier from the get go. That that's highly significant. That out out the box, it can carry the owner's ships and modules because before it was kind of in its original incarnation, it wasn't so much of a fleet carrier as a 
just a very big ship. Um, but with, you know, being at least being able to carry the owner's fleet, then it does actually do what it says on the tin. So do you feel the upkeep costs are about right? Would you want to see them cheaper or more expensive? What's your feeling? Yeah, I th- I'm 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 pretty happy with them to be honest. I mean, I can I've I've looked at what's I mean, like what we were just saying earlier. Um, yeah, a fully loaded one. Yeah, you you'd probably have to mine every so often, but not that you wouldn't have to dedicate your light. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't even have to dedicate that much time to it to be honest. And right now, for you know the. The, the the typical usage you can imagine you can actually support it just from BGS work so it doesn't have that opportunity cost you don't have to go mining and take yourself away because it's with with the BGS it's not just about credits you're making it's about progressing your BGS goals and most of us uh, can't spend an infinite night, amount of time playing the game so uh, there, there's a, there's a, if, if you have to go out and do something highly lucrative because you haven't you know you have no choice that, I mean that's like an opportunity cost it's taking you away from what it is you actually want to be doing to go and sit in whatever the uh, Boran Mark 2 uh, ends up being because I'm sure I'm sure somebody's going to find a triple overlap in LTD spot again um, actually, I bet you what will happen is we'll be found like a thousand light years out of the bubble, and it will just be surrounded by fleet carriers um, trying to sell the service of conveniently selling your LTDs uh, and then taking them back to the bubble and selling them all at huge profit. Maybe. Or well, suspect what will happen is people will keep the location secret until someone yes. grabs <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll get happen again. Yeah, it'll it'll leak. Some somebody will somebody will, we know somebody will leak it. I'm sure. Um, ben, what are your thoughts? I wasn't going to get one. I'm still not going to get one. But I think for those who the fleet carriers do have a place for, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, all the additions that have been added in make sense. Shortening time down makes sense. Costing less money makes sense. Being able to not get screwed over because you don't want to use your fleet carrier anymore makes sense. Um so these are all good things that I think are positive changes, but I'm still not convinced they're for me. Do we know if we, we're still unable to transfer um, tritium from a ship's cargo bay? Not directly yet, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Have, have any? I don't know if anyone's actually tried that yet. Well, there's a donate, but you can't... I couldn't, like... Um, I, I've currently had a couple of thousand tons of tritium, and I've got like six hundred tons in a ship waiting, waiting <clears> to, to like go. And I can just jump in that ship and donate it. However, I'm then limited to using a ship with the same cargo space as I have spare tritium. Mm-hmm. There is one additional benefit in inverted commas in that obviously you can jump directly to the the body of something rather than going into the main star. So if, for the sake of argument, you want to go and get a mug, you don't need to spend 90 minutes flying from Alpha Centauri over to Proxima Centauri, and you can actually just go and get yourself straight in orbit around Eden, nip over to Hassan Orbital, buy your mug, and then nip back again. Can you offer free anacondas? Might work for free anacondas. I mean, mean, we all know there are 100 credits anyway, but... Uh, and I don't know if they've actually applied permission, docking permission yet to that module of the 
of Hasnobital, but you know, I know the people are working on it and that people are the security guards not allowed been allowed any time off yet. Um, there's a couple things I did actually notice because I was um, hiring and firing carrier crew just to see what would happen as you do, and I've noticed some of the uh, portraits now have um, spectacles on, whereas before they never used to have spectacles or sunglasses. They have spectacles and sunglasses, indeed. So, yeah, I don't know whether that's that's a new thing or just I've been unobservant and usually don't look at crew members long enough to notice but um yeah i thought it was quite a neat touch actually it goes some way into fixing the um the ugliness of npc crew members so it basically puts beer goggles on them to make them look better (laughs) so has anyone uh, got anything else to add about the changes to fleet carriers now i'm sure we'll talk about them in a lot more detail when they uh are launched in june i think it is but uh, has anyone got any not directly related to fleet carriers. Well, were you gonna, was that you going to say something? Uh, so, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean, they are definitely uh, more like I will. I like to talk about them uh, uh, as they were uh, personal uh, uh, carriers uh, because uh, uh, it's definitely. I mean, Frontier definitely. Uh, wanted us uh, to use them uh, as a personal uh, storage uh, as a as a personal mobile storage uh, uh, i mean that definitely uh, looks like so because uh, uh, i mean th- with the fact that uh, in update 2 they uh, allowed us uh, uh, to to get the uh, ship storage and the mother storage for free uh, that's Definitely a clear move. Uh, they, uh, I mean, uh, they were presented uh, in a di- very different way. That will, you know, that it will work like you know with squadrons uh, and squadron management and that kind of stuff. But uh, they, they definitely uh, got a, a big uh, shift in their plans. Uh, it's pretty evident. So. Uh, uh, fleet carriers are definitely not uh, what I expected, but uh, they—I mean—they—they can be useful. Sure, they can be useful. Sure, as a personal, uh, uh, as a personal mobile garage. I like to define them as a personal mobile garage because that's what they are basically here right now. So, I mean, sure, they can be useful. Personally, okay. personally, I expected something different. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So, um, can I have a couple of adverts and then we'll come back to our main topic, <clears throat> which this week is uh, talking about space legs around player bases. So, we're not talking just about space Before legs. Before we go general. into that, Shan, we do have one other thing that Sonata might be interested in. Ah, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah, want to mention I- that one? Yeah, yeah, because uh, Marcus actually already uh, mentioned in the chat uh, he preceded me. So, so I really, really uh, think we really needed in Elite because we talked about uh, about that when I uh, uh, was here uh, when we talked about uh, the CQC uh, uh, was about the integration uh, of of the CQC in the main game. What we had in the first update was the 
a possibility to queue for uh, the CQC matchmaking uh, directly while playing in the main game. That sounded really great, uh, but uh, it would allow for exploit. You know, uh, uh, we called it CQC logging <laughs> because you could queue uh, for matchmaking while uh, fighting other players, which was <laughs> mean, <laughs> which was kind of convenient. Uh, you know, you could just leave uh, uh, the combat like nothing, uh, just for just to move to CQC. I mean, that's great, but that's also kind of unfair. So, what they, what Frontier did for this update was to uh, is to basically add this uh, a timer to tie the uh, the matchmaking queue uh, to the usual timer uh, we get when we are in a dangerous situation. You know, you can't just uh, press ASK and uh, quit uh, to the main menu when you are fighting uh, in the main game. And that's the same thing now that happens when you queue for a CQC matchmaking. So now you can queue for uh, CQC matchmaking and uh, you, you can't really exploit uh, this to, to <laughs> escape uh, um, a dangerous situation let's say let's say that but yeah definitely uh welcome news um, we're really we're really happy of this change and uh, we hope uh, this uh, might bring uh, some more players into this into this, uh, into this game mode which is which definitely deserves uh, more than than it gets so yeah good job frontier for this for this at least <laughs> excellent yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that that thing about CQC for Engage, because that's one thing we sometimes do on Expedition when we hit a meetup. Uh, we say, "Oh, let's all go play CQC for our." And being able to queue it from the main game will just be so much more convenient than having to log out and fiddle around and all that. So, yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, that's a nice change. Uh, unfortunately, in this in this uh, in these weeks and in these months, I've been. <laughs> Too, too busy with uh, other stuff, so I couldn't really play a lot uh, uh, CQC. Uh, I actually, all the time uh, spent on ED, I actually focused it uh, uh, on testing the, um, uh, the carriers because I really wanted to to see uh, how how they work and <laughs> how they would actually uh, change the... Uh, the way uh, people will play, uh, who play the game. I mean, it definitely changes. Uh, so, I mean, there are reasons you could be happy. There are reasons uh, you could not be happy. But uh, I, I tried them a lot, and and I guess uh, that's what they are. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. That's it. So. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sata. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a couple of adverts and then we'll be back with the main topic. Space can be lonely, but sometimes that's just what you want. Choose your holiday, the gas giants of Alioth. Partying the night away in your Philon Aquila. Or even go back and find your ancestors on Earth. The Rockforth Corporation makes your holiday special. And will let nothing disturb you.
the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, monkabate, prickleback, soul, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, soul, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma, hooma, nuka, nuka, wapa, wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, sh- fish because you know space This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. Four, go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. Five, stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? All right, and welcome back, folks. So while Shan goes off and gets a cup of tea, I'll bring everybody up to speed with where we've been in our little speculation train for the past couple of weeks. So a couple of weeks ago, we were speculating about what kind of things Space Legs would actually go off and give us. Um, this week, or last week, sorry, we were speculating about what kind of things base building in Elite Dangerous would go off and give us. This week, we're going to let the two of them have an ugly baby and try to speculate about what kind of things Space Legs Excuse. Oh, excuse me. Hope that's oh. not the corona. No, that's just normal sneeze. I think. Um, this week we want to go off and speculate like mad about what kind of things space legs will let us have and do around players' own bases. So I can kick off with my things, or if any of you want to dive in immediately, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, kick off for us, Ben. Right. Well, so space legs in elite. In our own bases, I would see it as a very much like actually the 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 stuff we get at the moment with, or the the stuff that you get in oh some of the base some of the other building games where you you run around and you can go off and say, will you please put a 
a landing pad here, a habitation module over there, and all that kind of stuff, obviously. So you, you, you maybe you go off and buy a plot of land or something like that, or maybe you just put your stuff down and hope, um, and then you can start putting things out and you've got your power plant and all, all these things, and they hopefully get built up around you. I would hope it's not an instantaneous build, but you know maybe you see them being very quickly, from our perspective, 3D printed or something. Would you want to see them be constructed like the bases in Command and Conquer? You know, they just, you know, when you did your command center in Command and Conquer, it, you kind of saw an animation of being built, didn't oh. you? Yeah, I would. I would like to see it being. I mean, it might. So however, you do the 3D printing. I mean, it might just be, you know, okay, sort of like you know, 3D printing sort of like, and you know, the it would be so funny if they had like a, so great if they had like a giant dot matrix printer. And yeah. you had the <laughs> matrix <laughs> um, But, you know, for, I, I, so theoretically, you could have, I don't know, I'm spitballing big time here. Um, 3D, like, you know how we've got the, the flying drones um, for base defense and things like that? You know, maybe you could have a 3D printing drone and a bunch of them would come over to your site and you know, basically print you print your module. Uh, for you know, and in game things it would be, you know, doing atomic printing or something like that. I don't know. Um but you know, who cares? It'll it'll look awesome as <laughs> you get these little drones flying around building your, your module up sort of line by line and things like that. I see um, going with SpaceX. Yeah. Um what would be the benefit of having space legs and seeing your module being 3D printed? Because well, the benefit would be... On, well, I'm just thinking, is it, surely you might as well be in an SRV for that. I think the benefit would be you always have far finer control over well, what you're doing and where you're going when you're in FPS mode. You know, any FPS, you've got so much better control, especially... I mean, you, it's hard enough trying to land, get your SRV landed in in appropriate position to get back on board your ship. You know, can you imagine trying to get things lined up nicely and prettily when you're trying to get your base down? Um, it would also obviously you'd get the sense of sense of scale and things like that. Um, so here's a trolley thought then. Yeah, would. They allow you to take your module down and replace it for free, basically an undo, like in Planet Coaster, where you can just. <laughs> Knowing Frontier, they probably would. Oh my god, I've just had another horrible but awesome thought. You know how in Planet Coaster they've got all the blueprints. Yep. Imagine if you had base blueprints that you could build, and then put them on Steam as the workshop item. Exactly. Oh my god! And then, obviously, you know, then. <laughs> oh, that could be that could be good. I think it could, but the potential for creating naughty shapes, particularly with, do with domes and <laughs> cylinders. You've got that anyway, but you know that's where the scene workshop basically. I don't. Know, I, I don't know if it even allows adult content in inverted commas. Um, I don't know if it's any more. Yeah, I'm thinking about sort of certainly Steam Workshop things that I've got. You know, for example, in RimWorld, I suppose technically they, they've got 
I've got a mod that actually gives my pets underwear. So there's a picture of there's picture of some like underwear and like um pants and bras and things like that. But it's all very pixel arty. Um I'm sure if somebody wanted to build a willy shaped base, it's gonna be possible and you know Grant's gonna do it. Um So that's one use you can see for Space legs and to help construct yeah. the base. You've got the construction, and obviously, you've got the whole social aspect of it as well. Which I, I really, I do think the social stuff of space legs is going to be a fairly chunky bit for everybody, to be honest. You know, especially if you if you have emotes and various other things you can do to RP in game. Um, well, I mean, I know, yeah. No, I say we've we've talked about this before. I think where yeah. you want to have communal area, areas in the get in game, whether it's bars or uh, I don't know kitchens or wherever people hang out. Um, and so you that would be a good part of the game. Um, what are the rest of you guys think about um, space legs on planetary bases? What sort of thing would you like to that, see them? That's- Social thing that we rather like back in the day, they used to be like they weren't really muds, but they were like it was like a cross between an IRC and a mud. And it would have rooms, it was literally laid out. It wasn't, you know, like how you had IRC or Discord channels, or whatever. It wasn't just channels where you join a channel, they were they were sort of linked together geographically, like a text adventure. I was going to say, this is kind of like the 3D equivalent. It sounds sounding like the, the social features end up being the 3D equivalent to that. You know, sort of, you know, you, you go into a, well, it had to be a bar. I mean, I mean, Frontier aren't going to put a, a, like a sex dungeon in it. So, um, so yeah, you'd, you'd, yeah, that, that'd be quite good fun, I think. Um, but, uh, you, yeah, I, I kind of, um, the whole base building thing, I kind of, it'd be kind of nice if it was a bit, if, if you play StarCraft Starcraft, Starcraft 2 as Terran, uh, when you build a building, the uh, the worker, the SCV, sort of drives around, well, building the building. Um, that, that'd be kind of cool if you could have, you know, you could set that going and then, and then you see a, a like a robotic... But but then you could you you well I, I'm sort of getting a bit ahead of myself because they're, they're probably never going to do this are they? Um, you you yeah if you're if you if you want to grief someone then you go down there and with your space legs and you you like blow up the SCV that's building the building like you would in Starcraft too and uh, then there'd be salt. Yes, I was just thinking about your your dungeon comment. Is that you could you could you could view the very Revlock suit in games with a gimp suit, really? Couldn't you? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it is. It's it's kind of a you know, it's just like that skin tight suit thing. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, moving swiftly on. Yeah, before Ben's imagination runs away with him. <laughs> Don't worry, I wasn't listening to you. I was just actually typing to Commander Nexus, letting him know that LaveCon 2020 is now LaveCon 2021. So carry on, I'll ignore you. Bye. Oh, thanks, Ben. Yeah. Uh, so carry on, Mac. Yeah, I was going to say carry on. I was, I was, I was, uh, I was getting a bit ahead of myself there. Anyway. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, where was I? Yes. Um, the the, only, the 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 only reservation about any space legs I have is I just 
hope they don't sort of all the stuff we we're, we're used to doing sitting on our ships. I, mean, I hope it doesn't end up compelling because there there is there has in the past been a little bit of a tendency to oh we've built this thing now we've got to compel you to use it. I I, I hope they don't do that. Um, that it's uh, it, the things you do with space legs are new things, not just a different way of like going to the missions. But although actually, I would I would like to go down to the the missions office. That'd be kind of cool. But it would it probably it would have to be something a bit different to what you like get from your ship. Now there there'd have to there'd have to be a unique selling point that make that makes the space legsiness of it, as it were, be a compelling experience. I'm kind of I mean, looking. I'm kind of looking forward to the whole concept because. So, I, Mac, one of the things that we talked about uh, the other week was you know, as an idea of. I think we we basically we agreed with you, but you'd have the equivalent of walking down to the local cantina, interviewing a bunch of folk, and then picking Han Solo to say, "Right, I'm going to fly you fly with you and do a mission for you," kind of thing rather yeah. than having all the official missions just off the board, you go and do some of the dodgy shit in the back room. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah. Uh, no, get, uh, can I add something to the... Yeah, n- go ahead. Generally? Yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, when it comes to sp- uh, space lag, my first concern and my biggest concern is that someone would add this feature just for the sake of having it. You, you know what I mean? Basically, uh, just for the sake of, uh, hey, uh, just, hey, uh, play your character in first person, uh, walk around the stations just because you can do that. I really hate uh, that. I would hate to see that in Elite Dangerous because uh, if they want to do that, I am totally uh, okay if they bring uh, actual gameplay with it, if there is a purpose for having such feature, because uh, I bought Elite Dangerous, I play Elite Dangerous because I like flying spaceships, I like to fly. Walking around might be okay-ish if uh, there is some actual fun gameplay to have from uh, uh, the actual concept of having the, uh, this, this uh, space deck, the possibility to, to walk around. But this is my right. main, this is, this is my concern. That's it. That's so it. What, yeah, yeah, so what do, you, what do you call fun activities? Let's say, for example, I mean, so I'm guessing from what you said that the sorts of activities that um, Mac would find fun aren't necessarily what you would find fun. I mean, what I what I got from what Mac was saying is that he would enjoy, if you like the space bar, call it role play, call it social, call it what you like. He would find that enjoyable. Whereas perhaps you would appreciate it if there was some kind of base attack PvP FPS element to it. Or have I or have I got the uh, assumptions wrong? That's true that's true that's totally a point and the uh, the thing is uh, uh, one thing we definitely all could agree on is that uh, uh, is the use useless time loss for example you if you want to uh, 
buy uh, commodities, uh, for example, you will have to uh, get up uh, from your seat, uh, walk uh, uh, directly uh, towards, uh, I mean, spend like five minutes going around uh, the station just to go to the commodity markets and so on. That's definitely a thing I would never uh, love to do. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, a thing you can do right now by just uh, using the station interface, you know? Uh, I mean, stuff like that, uh, time losses, useless time losses. Uh, that's uh, uh, my main concern. I mean, I I could agree there could be, there could still be people finding this kind of uh, activity just walking around the station um, okay-ish to do. I mean, I don't see the point, though. I don't see the point. That's it. I think one good. I think one good use of space legs would be. I if you think think of the series Firefly in like the first or second episode, so really really early on in the series, they're crawling over a, a shipwreck, salvaging it. Um, that that would be kind of neat if you could if you could EVA and then break into a derelict ship and explore it and try and steal all the useful and valuable stuff off it. Um, you know, perhaps you can use it to engineer up your own ship or something like that. Um, actually, another one from Firefly comes to, comes uh, springs to mind. The one where they they go into the ship that's been hit by the Reavers, so you can. Uh, you can perhaps perhaps bring the kind of the, the the horror genre to it a little bit, maybe. But but that kind of thing where you could you know to sort of EVA operations on derelicts and what have you, because we've we've already got like um, derelicts in the game. There's sometimes you go to you know like one of these places the Thargoids have assaulted, and there's like an intact Farragut there. Um, it's intact, but it's dead. It'd be it'd be sort of kind of cool to board it, and then yeah, sort of wander around it, see all the floating dead bodies and what have you and steal the super secret federal technology and what have you off it. Um, so yeah, the, the, the kind of, the kind of salvage, I, I, I kind of like that kind of already. Yeah. Cause you, you go to some USSs and you can sort of salvage bits useful for engineering, which I kind of do between missions, but yeah, it'd be, be kind of nice to be able to visit derelicts and strip it for valuable stuff and what have you you could get probably get quite a lot of game quite good fun gameplay out of that kind of thing i'm kind of speculating that if it is space legs in the 2021 update um and i've just crashed into a star um anyway uh, if if it is indeed space legs which i suspect it is from the uh from how the leaks all, all the stuff in the leaks have turned out to be true um I I I got a suspicion that very strong possibility will be the ability to uh, like explore derelict ships and what have you and and try and uh, uh, and and go and salvage them for anything useful or find uh, you know valuable valuable commodities on them or what have you. So um, yeah, that 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 kind of thing would. Um, we're sort of getting a bit off the top of the space legs and bases sort of intersection, but I I, I can see that certainly as being a a, a good kind of um, source for fun gameplay. Okay, um, one of the things that again we were thinking I was thinking about when we were um, 
debating which topic to have was would you want things like um, players be able to invade someone else's base and capture it? I mean, particularly as we were speculating last week where bases could be the squadron content people want to carry us to have, but didn't happen. So would you would you want that sort of be able to... Oh, yes. I, I mean, totally, but uh, uh, only if uh, we could, you know, defend uh, from um, other players' attacks. You know, you got your base and uh, uh, you suddenly... Uh, I mean, you and your squadron got a base, let's take, uh, for instance, uh, and uh, you get attacked from another uh, uh, squadron, but uh, you cannot uh, uh, defend yourself because uh, they attack, uh, because the other uh, squadron attacks while you and all of your teammates are, you know, sleeping. <laughs> so that's... Yeah, you can have a few auto turrets yeah. around the place, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you want almost a tower defense game, I think we were talking about, that the thing you basically is, were putting up yeah, I mean, the thing about that, I just had the thought, is that mm. if you were to have the defense, the base defense mini game, it would have to be cross platform because otherwise people can, could gang up on you in the, Xbox, in the Xbox or PlayStation. And if you're, most of your squadron's on the PC, you wouldn't be doing about it because you couldn't see them in game to shoot back. Uh- it's a, it's a big it's a big question mark the whole uh, uh, the whole gameplay here uh, the whole gameplay around this concept is a big question mark it's not even because of uh, technical limitation it's rather because of uh, uh, the the way uh, elite dangerous has been designed uh, the persistent universe uh, but in in many different instances you know, it's the same way the carrier works. It's the same way the whole universe works. There is one, only one unique universe, uh, but yet players in different instances uh, can affect uh, the same universe in many different ways. Uh, in, they could be in the same place, but in different instances. So even uh, think about of... Uh, uh, attacking um, a base uh, owned by another uh, faction. Uh, that base could be attacked by different factions at the same time, and they could not be they could not be even be able to see each other. So, how do we deal with this? The way I would probably be tempted to deal with it would be essentially, essentially as a, you know, as I said earlier, you would set up essentially a tar defense thing and. Obviously, like the AI in our exist in the existing game, when you go off and do base assaults and things like that, you would have defense craft around and skimmers and things like that, and they would be under AI control. But what I think could be a lot of fun is you have the option to ru- either run out and fire off personal RPGs or whatever at ships, obviously. But if you're on the defending team, you could maybe also take over control over skimmers and things like that, or take control over the turrets. So even though you're in totally separate instances, all instances maybe get attacked by something, and 
you would get to basically defend that attack even if you're not actually seeing each other as it were because they're on the console and you're on PC or something um, you know it's this maybe it would initiate a a state a bit like a BGS state or something like that uh, turn uh, you're talking about turn uh, based gameplay I mean that could not, work. not well I wasn't really thinking turn based gameplay but I'm thinking Maybe somebody assaulting your base is essentially they're doing it via. Maybe it'll be via BGS manipulation, which would. or that kind of thing. So yeah. they do something which puts just your base into. your base is now getting attacked. And then your base is getting attacked either by NPCs or by you and your mates, or them and their mates, and I get to defend against you or something. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I mean, it's, I, I mean, this concept will definitely be fun. Will totally be yeah. fun. But uh, uh, my, yeah, my, main, my main concern. It's not really a technical concern because uh, we, we are pretty sure Frontier uh, have uh, having their own engine. They can definitely change it the way they want. Mm. Uh, the issue is that the way this game has been designed. Uh, I mean, stuff like uh, uh, real-time uh, attacks and this kind of stuff. I would really uh, having uh, I would really have a hard time uh, implementing it uh, in actual gameplay. All of this concept, which is yeah. which is good, which is good, which is uh, which are really good inputs, uh, good. Uh, uh, Good gameplay loops. They could definitely make some gameplay loops, but uh, implementing these uh, gameplay ideas in this universe, uh, I we find would need major network yeah. improvements and things like that. And, mm. and it's hard enough reliably getting you and your wingmates to drop in on each other. But getting you and your wingmates to drop into each other on a planet just dials it up another level. And then jumping into other people who aren't even in your wing dials it up to 11. Yeah. So you're completely right. But if we could go and say, right, I'm going to attack your base. And, you know, we almost have, have you know, we're working together as friends to actually try and create something where we're shooting each other. Well, it would be to, that's basically the equivalent of uh, consensual uh, PvP after all. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it will it will have to be consensual. Really, it will have to mm. be. That's the only way to make it fun. Oh no, sure. They've got open play, which is basically non-consensual PvP. Um, so yeah, how do why you guarantee would... that you're going to be in the same instance as the person who's attacking your base? I means... that's, that's why I said you'd ha- it, it would also have to be cross-platform. I suspect the individual. Attacking your base is probably less important than how they. Because you think of it, a one guy in a Remlock suit ain't going to do much against even the most feeble of base defenses. So I would have thought that attacks would be likely to come from some kind of mechanized thing you set up to happen, which you could make, you know, okay, so attack initiated, whatever mode you're in, because essentially it's automated, it appears. And then you can do whatever with your defenses. So even if you can't actually see the guy in the Remlock suit, as it were, 
you can still fight against whatever they're doing, you know, with automated or manual systems. Yeah, I'm not sure if you remember this far back or if even indeed you were there uh, at uh, Fantasticon one year when I think it was the year they introduced the Corvette. And um, what they had is they had a, a animation of the shadow of a Corvette because they hadn't shown the actual ship yet. They showed the shadow. But basically, they had a combined arms attack on a base using spaceships and SRVs to attack this base. So something like that, we, you, you would have to have air cover from pilots in ships and then SRVs and things like that. That would be quite spectacular, I think, to be able to uh, introduce air support for ground troops and things like that. Yeah, but you can actually kind of do that already with SRVs and ships. I mean, we've done things where we've, for BGS purposes, we've kind of because uh, uh, you know the bases have got quite strong defences, so you can, you know, to stop your 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 SRVs from being blown up, you can uh, go and use your ships, your ships, your you know, prismatic shields and whatever to try and take out some of the defences when your SRVs go in. We've, uh, although I think I think everybody's figured figured out how to raid a base now just with an SRV, but certainly in the early days we we combined on the existing like npc base as it were uh combined uh ship support and and SRVs. and that, that's actually fun i i think that's something that's something i really really wish they'd look into sort of you know how we got wing missions for like wing assassinations it'd be nice if we could have wing ground assault kind of things where I, again, that would ex- that, that you could extend that to the whole space legs thing, but that's something which would be possible with the current build of SRVs and ships right now. Um, it it would just be a matter of coming up with with the gameplay loop, as it were. Yeah, I think I, what I w- would always want for my base defense is I'd want a uh, turret gun. Sorry, not a turret gun, a skimmer gun. So it fired skimmers at shit. <laughs> yes, because okay, the if if anybody's ever actually run into a skimmer by accident, what happens is your engines stop and your shields go down, and you fall to the ground. You you sort of lie there helplessly for several seconds till your systems come back online. <laughs> that would really be quite that would be quite nasty. Of course, that's why I want it. But yeah, skimmer gun firing yeah. skimmers at shit. <laughs> that'd be an excellent idea. <laughs> Actually, that'd be that'd be a brilliant. Um, that'd be that'd make it a, such a great gank ship if you could equip a ship with skimmers and fire them at your. <laughs> yeah, you imagine the salts. Oh, imagine the salts. Oh God. Yes, we we want that to happen now. I think skimmer guns. Yep. So, has anyone else got anything to say before we uh, move on to? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to repeat uh, because I really I see uh, others uh, will just uh, add uh, uh, this kind of stuff such as space legs just for the sake of having uh, of having it. So please, Frontier, don't do that. Don't add this stuff just for the sake of having it. Just don't, please. <laughs> That's yeah. it. <laughs> no, completely agree. I mean, you need. We want a variety of stuff. Don't just give us the social aspect, but equally, don't just go and give us starship troopers or something like that. We need. 
We, we, I think. We, uh, does anybody here not want a variety of stuff to be able to do? I mean, it's wait, wait, wait. It's not even about variety. It's just uh, uh, my, uh, as I said, uh, my only problem uh, is when they add the space legs just to walk around, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's my that's where my, my problem because uh, they, uh, if that's uh, if that's the case, uh, they will not be the first ones to to do that, you know. And they don't like it really. <laughs> that's right. I think we can kind of sum up that if space legs is just like being an SRV, but from a different field of view, I think they'll have missed a trick. Yeah, yeah. big time. So also, also one thing to consider is, is the communities want to have different ideas about what they want. You know, so hardcore explorer is probably going to want one thing that's the complete polar opposite of what, say, the SDC. If the SDC is still going, I don't know, but if the SDC is still going, they're probably going to want something completely different to what the hardcore explorer is going to want. So again, it's going to be one of those things that whatever frontier does. There's going to be half the community is going to say, "Yeah, this is brilliant." The other half is going to say, "This is terrible. I don't want any part of it." Mm-hmm. So I'm just picturing STC basically standing in the mouth, like the docking port of a space station, yeah. firing skimmer guns at people. <laughs> I mean, I mean, after all, I mean, even uh, from my own personal experience, I can say that you can't make everybody happy. You can't. True. There is no way. So everybody is always going to be, uh, I mean, people are going to be happy. People are going to be uh, mad <laughs> of uh, what you do. I mean, after all, game designing is not really uh, an, obje- an objective thing. I mean, it's not, there is not a right way to do it uh, and a wrong way to do it. There, I mean, sort of. But, yeah, there's no uh, one right way, but there's many wrong ways to do something. Exactly, exactly, precisely. Yes. <laughs> That's it. And so on, on, on that note, I think we'll move on to Community Corner. Ben, have you got to you take uh, us through that? I can. Let me just pull the, find the notes because I was over on the LaveCon page on Facebook so I could actually tell people what Karen, Karen's made her post there already. And I was sharing that with folks. So... Right, so yeah, there's a little bit of an update. So our friends, um, well, both all our friends from the Loose Screws podcast have had a bit of a a consensual creative difference discussion or something like that, I guess. Uh, and basically, Loose Screws are going to continue doing their thing and Kaizen's moving off and doing his Elite Week thing uh, by, well... I think I, I believe Kai's still working with Trax, and Trax is still working with Ty at Loose Screws. Um, but Kai's essentially doing his Elite Week thing by well, in inverted commas, by himself at the moment. Uh, and he's already gotten a couple of interviews out. One with a very colourful discussion, shall we say, between Kai and Yamix. Um, and he's also had another one with um, himself, and if I can remember who it is... Bruce um, No, it, um, with Alec Turner doing Buckyball stuff. So Kai's already managed to pull out a couple of episodes of that very quickly. Um, 
but Kai and Kai Tai tracks, they all remain friends. It's just wanting to do different things, essentially. So no hard feelings, blah, blah, blah. And I can, I listen to both of them. I can recommend the, uh, both the podcast. Um, I think Loose Screws usually publishes somewhere, somewhere. Around, I'm not sure what that, cause I always pick it up. They're recording the Friday, I think. Yeah. Um, I usually pick it up on the weekend and it's one of the things I'm mine to. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, they're both, both, both nicely done podcasts. Definitely worth listening to. Yep. Okay. Um, there was also a bit of a rumor going around, wasn't there? Um, from uh, what we're assuming was data mining. Um, yeah. Oh, the Panther Clipper. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. Sort of. There's, there's some people have been being a bit naughty, looking into things, seeing stuff that Frontier hasn't released announced yet. We're aware of it, and I think we leave it at that. Or That's right. Yeah. We don't. We uh, we don't tend to um, go overboard on unfounded speculation. We you know stuff from data mining tends to be a bit hit and miss. Really, I mean, I think we all remember, don't we? The um, the, the videos from the um, the cutscene videos that came out, yeah. that people found, and whatever happened to those? <laughs> people found they were dumpsters, MP4s, and in everybody's game install folder. They weren't hard to find. The the other the other thing about this data dumps, a lot of them were, were uh, like images and textures. But if you look at uh, quite a few of them, I think are actually existing backdrops to Galnet yeah. used. So they're not they're, some of them aren't really new. And but the other thing to caution about data dumps is you, you often get experimental stuff. You get the odd assets that people have played around with, and somehow they they've been dumped on the build machine. It doesn't necessarily mean that content's actually coming. Oh God, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know yeah. just. Certain yeah. certain very large spaceships that won't fit through the letterbox, that's probably the highest oh. chance of actually happening. Hopefully won't fit through the letterbox. Well what I'm hoping is is that the, the if if the Panther Clipper does come true, it won't fit through the, the, the letterbox. So you need to have you need because it's a large pad ship, you're either gonna have to land it on a planet's surface or go to a fleet carrier. Because fleet carriers, of course, or a mega ship. Because fleet carriers and mega ships, of course, they've got large pads, and you don't need to fly through the left box. Oh, would it have? Would a large pad be large enough, or would you need an extra large pad? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, what, it, it what, what, what was the rumor? Fifteen? Well, I don't know. That I don't think that that fifteen hundred ton cargo capacity about twice of a imperial cutter i mean if it's if it's shaped like effectively a giant box um it should fit within the footprint well, of a large well that's what, the, that's what the anaconda essentially is yeah so uh, yeah so, so anyway it's probably, probably data mined but the the, uh, panther, the panther clipper in ffe was just a giant box it was yeah so um i'm gonna suggest we, we move on now to um any other business, uh, because we give data mining too much time yeah. already. Um, so I've got a reference down here to uh, Parallel Worlds, question mark. I think if Sue wanted to say something about Parallel Worlds, we'd kind of needed him, because I don't know what he wanted to say about it. I would make a guess they've released something, but I don't know. Okay, well, I, I says either Pester Sue or... Yeah, actually, Pester Sue. Okay, Pester Sue. 
Yeah, yeah. Pet Tell him to stop being a slacker more, and having a real life. And yeah, you know, the more you, the more you test the Souverine, the happier we will be. <laughs> so anyway, our shout outs for the, uh, for the for this week. Um, Radio Radio Sister Station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on Thursdays from half past eight uh, UK time. And you can tune in at uh, tv.forthemug.com or just for the audio uh, at radio.forthemug.com. And uh, actually, one th- just one thing I would add on that, actually. I believe both are now both Lave Radio and Hustle Orbital Radio's 24 hour streams now support streaming over HTTPS as well as over HTTP. Uh, yesterday, Grant and I were in discussion with some of the guys over at Inara trying to get the, their thing to work with a HTTPS stream, and Grant worked his magic and managed to get it get it happening. So, some some update for folks there if they if they care about these things. Okay, great. Uh, Sonato, do you? I assume you know about the CQT Discord. Yes. Uh, hang on, you uh, you uh, cut out a bit. Uh, <laughs> can you please repeat? Yeah, no, so I, I said, uh, can you just give us uh, two minutes on the CQC Discord? Yes, yeah, I, I'm here, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, here uh, we got, uh, as, as we all know, uh, I mean, as we <laughs> here, we in here all know, uh, we got uh, the CQC Discord. It's uh, run by... Me, uh, it's actually created by Sowelu. Oh, I salute. Hello. <laughs> and uh, here, hang on. Uh, where is the link? Hang on. Uh, hang on a moment. <laughs> uh, I didn't have it ready. So I've got the link. I've got the link. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, um, everyone is invited. Everyone is invited, of course. And that's where we uh, we have uh, lobby channels for each platform. Uh, so uh, uh, players from all the platforms, uh, PC, Xbox, and uh, PlayStation 4 are welcome. And they can uh, uh, find other players uh, to play with. They can organize uh, 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 matches and so on. Every, every kind of game. So... Uh, uh, team deathmatch, deathmatch, and sometimes even uh, <laughs> capture the flag. It's not. Uh, it should be played more often that uh, game mode because it's quite interesting. <laughs> but yeah, well, everyone. Hopefully, yeah. Well, hopefully the, the update will bring a whole new crowd of people along. So we do, we do, we do hope that. <laughs> So, thank you very much. We're coming to the end of this week's uh, Wave Radio. So, thank you very much for all the people who've been drifting around uh, Lave, both in beta and in live. And also, a special thanks to those those uh, in Twitch who've been commenting and chatting away and uh, keeping us entertained with the comments. Uh, so, that is it for another episode of Wave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email uh, info at laveradio.com or go to uh, facebook.com slash laveradio. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at laveradio. And there's even a Discord server 
by going to uh, discord.io slash lave radio. Uh, there's even a TeamSpeak. Remember that? Uh, remember TeamSpeak, where commanders come to hang out and chat, and which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. So please get in touch if you have any questions or is there anything you'd like us to discuss. Yes, please tell us that because uh, we, you know, we 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 love to hear from you and uh, make content uh, based on feedback. And the uh, Lave Radio is recorded live uh, in front of a studio audience on Tuesdays at half past. Eight and streamed out on laveradio.com. So, thanks to Ben, thanks to Ventura, uh, thanks to Mac, and thanks to Sonato for attending, and thanks uh, to Karen for coming on and uh, informing us about Lave Radio. So, on that note, I would like. Lave on. Sorry, yeah. On. And it's just Ben. Anyway, um, yeah, so thank you very much, everyone, for listening and putting up with my voice for most of the evening. And uh, thank you very much. And we have a Galnet News. Yes. Parallel Worlds Edition yes. 9, by the way. I think that's probably what Souverine was going to say. That's just out. Well, pester Souverine about Parallel Worlds 9 as well. You, you got our permission to test it in twice. Yeah. Okay, Parallel Worlds episode. Uh, Issue nine. So, Aventura, do we have a um, galnet today? Yes, we do. Okay, so um, thanks so much again for listening, and uh, over to the fantastic and legendary Kamala Wallerspoon for this week's galnet news. Out. Come on, Shan. You know, you know, you wanna. Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? Galnet News Digest, 12th of May, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, 
a carrier for one million credits. More deposits for your missile. Close quarters combat escape route sealed. Strange things in the galaxy. A carrier for one million credits. Brewer Corporation has admitted that the new Drake-class fleet carriers have been vastly overpriced and has pledged to reduce the price from 5 billion credits to just 1 million credits. The announcement comes at the start of the second fleet carrier test drive period, during which commanders are invited to take a fleet carrier for a spin around the galaxy. This time, there's the option to install a universal cartographics terminal, so explorers really will be able to disappear off into the wild black yonder never to be seen again. And the owner of the fleet carrier will be able to store not only their commodities, other than rare goods, but also their own ships and modules, even if they don't buy the optional shipyards and outfitting modules. Limpets can now be restocked at a fleet carrier, so you'll never need to worry about forgetting your limpets. For visitors, the name of the fleet carrier owner is now displayed in big, friendly letters while you're docked, so you know who's skimming your transactions. Fleet carriers can now jump every 20 minutes and tritium consumption is halved, which is likely to make the galaxy as lively as a box of frogs. But the biggest changes are in the cost of ownership. Core running costs are down by 50%. The purchase of additional services has been reduced by between 35 and 45%. And the additional services running cost has been slashed by between 80 and 90%. Carriers will now be permitted to operate for up to 10 weeks without the crew being paid before they mutiny and sell the ship. Even if they do this, the owner will receive back 100% of the fleet carrier purchase cost, minus only the outstanding crew wages. If a fleet carrier owner decides to sell their ship, the crew will receive five weeks severance pay. These payments and credit terms have been negotiated with the Crewmasters Union, which also stands firm against crew members being asked to perform tasks for which they're not being paid. The crew is still not permitted to transfer tritium from the hold to the fleet carrier fuel tanks without the owner being present or another commander being on board to buy the tritium and donate it to the fuel tanks. And the Union still won't let the crew plan routes further than a single jump at a time. The dramatic reduction in fleet carrier running costs must surely be welcome to potential owners everywhere, but it gets even better for just a few days as a special limited time offer. End-of-line fleet carriers will be put on sale for just one million credits. Everyone can own a fleet carrier. Try them out. Grow to love them. And then have the fleet carrier self-destruct when the trial period comes to an end. More deposits for your missile. The Pilots' Federation believes that it can make improvements to the ugly duckling of the mining world, and it has launched a trial today. 
while mining lasers give a steady, reliable return. While surface abrasion is quick and easy, while deep core mining is dramatic and often highly profitable, the subsurface displacement missile is relatively expensive to operate, can carry only a small number of missiles and gives extremely modest returns for the time spent, trying to get the aim right and release the detonate trigger at just the right moment. With subsurface mining's emerging importance in refining tritium, the go-go juice required by fleet carriers, a research team was appointed to see if subsurface displacement yields could be improved. It's the results of their investigation that is now being trialled. Initial reports say that the new subsurface missiles will be capable of delivering three times as much refined commodity as the old sort. The new specification is expected to become available in June. Existing subsurface mining equipment will receive a free upgrade by the manufacturer. Close Quarters Combat Escape Route Sealed Presence allows commanders to remotely crew another commander's ship, operating weapons, or a ship-launched fighter. Telepresence will soon also be capable of transporting a commander to the CQC arena to play that challenging e-sport. While using telepresence, the commander and his real ship are held in a stasis cocoon of impermeability, making them invulnerable to attack. This opened up the prospect that a commander losing a fight in the real galaxy could quickly join a CQC match and become instantly invulnerable. The Pilots' Federation has acknowledged that this would be unfair to pirates, bounty hunters and Thargoids. So a delay timer has been put in place, giving the commander's adversaries time to finish him off before he gets whisked away into his virtual CQC match. Only when he's finished with CQC will the commander find out if he's transported back to his invulnerable ship or to the insurance rebuy screen, something that will no doubt add a little excitement to CQC. Strange Things in the Galaxy Poking around in the Pilots' Federation recycling bin have found a selection of disjointed things that Commander Stuart GT believes may give clues to the future. Things allegedly discovered include a ship called the Panther, organic ships called the Glaive, the Scout and the Mothership, portals, guns, energy drinks, Basically the sort of rubbish you'd expect to find if you rifle through other people's bins. Possibly more interestingly, Commander LCU No Fool Like One has given up trying to neutron boost the Gnosis and has been investigating a new type of anomaly which he identified using the Canon Research plugin. Listed as a Type Q07 anomaly, this is an anomaly category consisting of energetic central orbs. The Type 7 anomaly has a bright core with a circular halo radiating intense light. First discovered by Commander 
Commander Boris in February, it does not appear to have been reported until another commander passed through the system in early May. Commander Shinrik reports that the anomaly is dangerous and may explode if you approach it with your ship lights on. Commander LCU's experiments reveal a different effect. The balls appear to be attracted to energised shields, bumping into them and draining the energy. If you would like to be killed by a Type Q7 anomaly, please make your way to the IFISTI YE-AD130 system. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 192 of Lay Radio, the show about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Shan, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode are... 